your worth and your value have not changed because he has not texted you back. You are no less a beautiful and amazing person because he has not called or asked you out. Maybe he hasn't reached out because his phone is broken. Maybe it was stolen by a rhinoceros. Maybe it exploded in the Grand Canyon, or maybe he's not interested. But regardless, you're still beautiful, you're still amazing, you're still valuable. And I hope that you can live the next 24 hours, 48 hours, and every day of the rest of your life like you know just how valuable you are. Good morning, good night, and good welcome. Hey, hi, I'm Jamie Grace, and this is the Jamie Grace Podcast, a show all about bridging the gap between pop culture and mental health, where we talk about the things that we love and how they have shaped us into the people that we are. Today's episode is one of my favorite kinds of episodes, and it is an Ask JG episode. Y'all have submitted questions on my website, jamiegrace.com slash askjg, where you can send me your whole life story and just spill all the beans. <laughs> but you've also sent me some questions via Instagram when we do the sticker in stories. And it's just like a, yo, fix this, help me. <laughs> and I definitely will never claim to be able to fix things. <laughs> um, you know, tell you guys exactly what to do. I'm definitely not a hero at all. But let me tell you this, I know a lot about humans. I know a lot about how awkward we all are as humans. And I know a lot about how weird and awkward the dating space is. And so hopefully, I can answer some of your questions today. Um, and also encourage you guys and just make sure that you feel supported along the way. Before we jump into today's episode, I do want to give a huge shout out really quick to my Patreon community. They are hearing this episode about a week early um, because that's what happens over at Patreon sometimes. <laughs> Episodes are released early as a thank you for sponsoring my content. I'm an independent artist. My podcast is not on a network. My music is not on a label. It's all either self-funded, so I fund it, that's self, or <laughs> it's funded through Patreon. Because of Patreon, I'm able to support my team who helps me get things done. I'm also able to make sure that gear happens <laughs> so that things can get done and sound great as they're getting done. There's so many different things that would not be possible without Patreon. So thank you so much if you are a sponsor of the show, sponsor of my content. I really appreciate it. That link, as well as the link to Ask JG, if you want to submit a question for the next Ask JG episode, both of those links can be found in the show notes. So make sure you check those out at some point during the day. But let's go ahead and jump right into it. We've got a lot of questions that were sent in, and I tried to get as many of them as I could, and I don't want to wait a second longer. So here we go. This first question comes from a young lady who we are going to call 22 because she's 22 years old. And she says, y'all, we're starting pretty serious. If your kid's like under 16, maybe be like, hey, kid, let's not listen today. <laughs> What's the difference between trust and just being stupid slash ignoring what could be going on? That's how her email starts off. I found out a month before my wedding that my fiance had lied to me throughout our whole relationship on some things and even stupid little things. I called off the engagement a year ago now and we're still trying to work on things. I was naive then and anytime I start to trust him again, I'm just afraid that it will be a repeated situation. How do I break this cycle? You know, my first thing that I would say, I mean, and, and I, my heart is just broken because this just sounds really overwhelming and really stressful. Um, the first thing that I would say, she said, how do I break this cycle? But my question would be, what cycle um, are you trying to break? She mentions that every time 
she thinks about trusting him again, or you mentioned when you think about trusting him again, you said that you're afraid that, you know, he could be lying again, or it could be a repeated situation. And I think that it's important to kind of focus on that and say, are you afraid that it's going to happen again? Or is it happening again? Um, There is definitely time when people, there are times where people betray our trust and that trust has to be uh, earned. It has to be regained and it doesn't just happen overnight. But I think the cycle, that's the, the first thing that I would kind of push back on is I, I just want to know, are you afraid that these things are going to happen again or are these things happening again, right? Um, the ultimate thing, I mean, and please, it, like if you get a little annoyed when you hear me say this, just please keep listening. I promise you. Um, <laughs> if I can guess why you're annoyed, it's not what you think it's going to be. Um, but what I want to say is that I believe that through Christ, anything is possible. I believe that grace and mercy can carry you a long way. I believe that relationships are, most relationships are redeemable. Um, and I believe that there is so much hope even when we don't think that there is. With that being said, if this is a cycle of lying and manipulation of very small things and very big things, then I don't think that this is a relationship that you should move forward in. You know, a lot of times, you said also in your email, you said that he lied on some serious things and also um, stupid little things. And I don't think that it's fair for you to use the word stupid because they might not be stupid things. They might seem like little things, but if they're if they're important to you, if they matter to you, then they're not stupid things. You know, sometimes we can see things like, oh, well, this person, they just lied about what, you know, they turned the air conditioning to in the car because they wanted it on something and they didn't want to start an argument or they just lied about, you know, people will call them like a white lie or whatever. I I believe a lie is a lie. And if you're saying that, like, if you're bringing it up, it obviously matters to you. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that If there have been lies about very significant things that are significant to both of you guys, significant to your morals, significant to your whole like value system, but there are also lies about things that really matter to you and maybe don't matter to him as much, like those are still lies. And I mean, we either need to be jumping into some full on therapy or if we, I mean, if we have already been in full on therapy, it might just be time to say, hey, you know you've got some stuff that you're working on. And like you said, if this is a cycle that's repeating at some point, it's time to walk away. At some point we have to call it. And that sucks. Um, I definitely can't tell you exactly what to do because I am approaching this question with very minimal information. Um, But I am very pro therapy I'm very pro-couples therapy. I'm very pro-premarital counseling. I think it's awesome to have some Bible-based, you know, premarital counseling at church. But I think it's also awesome to have some psychology-based, um, very intentional counsel counsel with a psychologist as well before you get married. And so I would suggest at the very minimum that you invest in some therapy for yourself as you're going through these very painful things. Um, and I think it would be wise for you guys to be seeing someone together as well. And 
if you already are and this cycle is continuing to repeat and there is not growth, there is not change, it, it might, you know, it might be time to start looking at closing that door. And I know that this is hard and this is stressful. And I just want you to know that I'm proud of you. I don't even know you and I'm proud of you, 22. You put yourself first by way of being intentional about saying, hey, it's not time to get married right now because you're working on stuff and I'm dealing with it too. Um, and I think that was wisdom. And so be okay with, you know, having to, to trust wisdom again for whatever that might mean. But I hope you can surround yourself with some very wise, unbiased people that can give you some face-to-face encouragement and support right now too. I feel like I really want to give a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode that what I'm about to say is not me saying this sentence, but the guy I love is engaged to someone else. This is a message from a girl named Jeree. She's 24 and she says, I've begun to have a very negative perspective of dating and the process of dating. I've never been in a serious relationship, but I've fallen in love. I pray for that relationship. I prayed for it every day for over a year, but God's no and the guy's no hurt me deeply and I'm still grieving that. I just found out that the guy is also got engaged. It's nearly impossible for me to have a positive outlook on meeting someone like him or meeting the right one or even having someone I have feelings for reciprocate them for me. What am I supposed to do? Um, that's not exactly how she ended it. That What am I supposed to do? I just threw that in there at the last minute. It was a, a lengthier message, which I understand it being a lengthier message because sometimes you're going through overwhelming stuff. There was another part of her message uh, that I didn't read, but this this was like a four-year-long situation where she kind of liked this guy and she thought it was going to be a thing and then um, it just didn't happen. Um, and then I think she prayed for it for like over a year within that four-year time frame. And so now he's engaged to someone else. So I'm going to give like I'm going to give her if she's listening or anyone you know, in a similar situation, I'm going to give you about a 40 second warning, not a warning, but it's just like a heads up that if you're in a very emotionally fragile place, you've got about 34 seconds at this point before I'm going to really talk to you like a big sister. You know what I mean? Right now I'm talking to you like that initial heartbreak when you find out some annoying news, right? You know that I'm sorry, I'm here for you. Hearing no is never easy, right? Uh, I was on American Idol this this past season. Uh, you, you didn't see my face, but uh, I got two yeses from the judges. Super cool. Got to go to Hollywood. But the third judge said no. No's are never fun. And especially when God makes it very clear to us <laughs> that something is not going to happen when he says no, it's really difficult because we trust him. And it's like, oh, thanks, man. But also, I thought my idea was better. I don't know why I got a no from that particular judge, obviously, I'm an amazing singer. Um, hearing no is really challenging, and I'm sorry that you're dealing with this. And I want to be here for you and empathize with you. I went way over the 40 seconds, so I'm going to just say this, baby. He's with someone else. It's time to move on. It's time to work on getting over it. You don't really have the choice. You know what I mean? Even if he wasn't with someone, I would kind of be saying similar stuff. But there comes a point where... You just got to be like, okay, what am I going to have to do? What practical steps am I going to have to take to get through this? Because right now, um, like you said, you're starting to become bitter and have a negative perspective on dating and the process of dating because of this one guy. 
and you're worried that you're not going to find the right one. What I'm worried about is that we're going to extremes, right? That you have a very negative perspective of dating. I don't think you have a negative perspective of dating, or maybe you do. I don't want to say what you do or don't have, but I think it could be that you have a, you have a negative perspective on being alone right now. So maybe let's not say, I don't like food anymore because I got food poisoning. It's like, no, baby, you don't like nasty restaurants that have rats in the lobby. You love food. It's just going to take you a while to be able to partake again. Also, you're saying uh, you're worried about not being positive about meeting the right one. Baby, there ain't going to be no one. It's just going to be somebody that you think is cute and sexy and adorable and fun enough to where you're going to want to spend every day with them. And they're going to want to do the same. Y'all going to choose each other. But that's not going to be like, it's, I, I'm not I'm not big on the concept of like the one. Because that's just, that's stressful. How are you supposed to go all out around Kentucky and and France just hoping to find the one? And if you pick the wrong one, you're going to be miserable. Well, that's just overwhelming. I don't believe that we serve a God that would just do that to us. No. What I'm saying is you got to take some practical steps to get this Mr. Dude person human out of your brain, out of your mind, so that you can begin to focus on some things that are in your face, that are in your life, that are in your present and current circle and village and community, so that you can be filled with some joy again, so that these negative extreme thoughts can go away. I don't know if y'all ever had each other's phone numbers, but I'm gonna need you to take that out your phone. I don't know if you follow him on social media, but I'm gonna need you to unfollow him. I'm going to need you to unfollow his TikTok or whatever. It's not healthy. It's not okay. You don't need to be checking up on him, seeing how he's doing. You don't need to be commenting, oh, congrats on the wedding. If you get invited to the wedding, you don't need to go. Ain't, ain't, you, no. Mm-mm. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You wanted to watch a wedding? Go to go to Google.com. Type in beautiful wedding pictures. You can look at some beautiful wedding pictures. You ain't go to his wedding. There's There's so many things that can be done to intentionally take the thoughts of this dude and what could have been that are not going to be out of your head, right? Let's turn off all the love songs and all the breakup songs, no romantic comedies, no sappy shows about falling in love or breaking up, none of that stuff. Take it out for seven seven days, 14 days, 30, 60, 90, and spend some time with your friends, your people, learn how to bake, learn how to cook, start a business, go on a hike, Become a Peloton instructor. Baby, I don't know. Get you so many hobbies that you are just living your best life. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't like to leave your house? Me either, boo. Write you a script about a turtle that wants to be a superhero, but he moves too slow. Baby, get you some dreams and ideas and activities going on in your life. And stop thinking about whatever his name is. I don't even, I don't know his name at all. Stop thinking about him because it's not going to happen. And you're going to be all right. And the Lord has beautiful plans for you and your future. You're a great human and you got this. Okay? Okay. Okay, cool. This next question comes from Kira. She's 20 and she says, do I have any advice for couples who want to get married young when lots of people think they're stupid for doing it? Note, she's not concerned because of red flags or they're not concerned because of red flags, but just be just concerned because of age. Um, I've gotten similar questions like this before, but I always like to still answer and honor uh, similar questions because I totally understand that with time and different seasons in life, you know, these questions are still very relevant. 
And I, so I got married at 20, like five or six or seven or six or five or six. I'm really bad at numbers, uh, especially when it comes to like my own timeline. But I remember my sister got married at 20 and I remember a lot of people were just all up in their opinions and feelings about it. Um, you guys know, I talk a lot about therapy on this podcast and stuff like that. And I think that one of the best things that you can do if you are wanting to pursue marriage with a human, right? Um, I think that one of the best things that you can do is schedule some sort of premarital counseling or um, even like a, a marriage small group or something like that and start growing together and having conversations that, you know, will likely arise in marriage, if that makes sense. So um, obviously every course or whatever is going to be different. Every counseling route is going to be different. But the reason why I say that is because a lot of times that'll just help you kind of gauge where you are as far as preparedness. You know, you're never going to just wake up and know all there is to know about marriage. Even if you've been married for 40 or 50 years, there are still going to be things that you need to grow in areas where you need to grow and things that you could learn. But I think it's really important to sit down with a marriage counselor and be like, Hey, can you just like throw some topics at us? And they might be like, okay, why don't you guys talk about taxes? Do you guys both know how to file taxes? Um, do you guys, have you talked about like who should take out the trash? Like, do one of you feel like that's a man's job or do one of you feel like both parties are responsible for that? I don't think that these are make it or break it things, but they can help you start to have conversations that can, like I said, help gauge where you are as far as preparedness to do life together. Um, I say this because like love is not going to just like, like, like love conquers all. And that is God because first John four, seven and eight beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He who loveth not knoweth not God. Here we go. For God is love. Um, so when we're talking about love conquers all, we're talking about God's love. So we can't just be like, whether you're 20 or 30 or 40, you can't just be like, oh, well, we love each other. So it's going to work out. Actually, no. You have to choose each other every day, choose humility every day, choose kindness every day, choose grace every day. And as I just said, 20, 30, 40, I genuinely mean that for any age. So I hope I made it super clear at the beginning of this when I mentioned my sister. Um, I don't think 20 is too young to get married at all. I do believe that when people around you are starting to say you guys are too young or you haven't known each other long enough or whatever it is they might start to, you know, show concern about, I think that it's wise to say, hey, we love you guys. Now what we're going to do is seek out <laughs> this council over here. We're going to seek out these amazing people over here and we are going to grow and learn and we are going to determine when we're going to take that next step. One of my favorite marriage resources like ever um, is Marriage365 on Instagram. I am in like no way being paid to talk about them, but it's just one of my favorite things ever. There are so many different video resources and stuff that you can watch together as a couple. And I think, you know, as you watch these together as a young engaged couple or, you know, two grown legal adults that are talking about marriage, I think you'll be able to gauge like, yeah, these are things that we can talk through. These are difficult conversations that we can have about gender roles and about sex and about money and about working and about 
richer and poorer and sickness and health. These are conversations that we could have that might be challenging, that might be beautiful, that will not only survive through them and get through them, but will thrive because of them. Um, and this is something that I'm willing to do with you. Marriage is absolutely beautiful. And someday if one of our grown adult children <laughs> shows up with a grown adult and they have a God-fearing, beautiful connection, I can't see me and Aaron being like, fine, on your birthday, <laughs> you can kiss them. <laughs> I was just like, sorry, I don't want to diss anybody's parents, but I'm like 20 years old. Like that, like, I... Maybe y'all, maybe y'all are a hot mess and y'all don't know it, right? Are you one of those girls that's like hot, like you pretend like you don't fart? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you need to like fart around him some more. So they'll be like, oh, she does fart around him. They're ready. <laughs> I need to go to sleep. She wants to know, is he her brother in Christ or is he a future boyfriend? And I got to tell you guys, this is classically awkward Christian dating conversation 101. I think a lot of times uh, these unfortunately awkward situations come up in Christian culture um, because of pure intentions. I don't think this awkwardness happens because people are trying to be awkward. I think it happens because people don't want to do the wrong thing and they want to honor each other and be good humans and honor the Lord and our bodies and minds and all these things. And then we end up in these kind of awkward situations and awkward dynamics where we're like, hold on though. Like, should we hold hands to like almost kiss or should we hold hands to pray? So I'm going to try to answer this question to the best of my ability. The writer is 18 and she said, what do you do if you're unsure if a guy likes you? What if this guy is not as spiritually mature as you'd want in a relationship and you're just trying to remain a sister in Christ to him, praying for him and helping him along in his faith? I love this guy like a brother. He's super sweet and kind. I've seen spiritual growth and I'm also trying to help him along. And so she wants to know what's up with this relationship. Like, where do you draw the line? Here's the thing, you guys. I'm going to just tell you, like, I don't believe in magic, even though I use words like, oh my gosh, it's magical, or I talk about unicorns regularly. Um, but even if I did believe in magic, there's something so much greater, which is God's plan, right? And I truly believe that God has an incredible plan. And sometimes it could be the person that you never imagined was you know, a potential love interest for you or the person that you never felt like you were good enough or whatever it is. I believe that God can like do wonderful things and make it happen. So I want to make that super clear, right? The next thing that I want to say is if you're at a point where you see someone like a brother, <laughs> then let that be your really cool brother. And if you're struggling with having like interest in this person then let this person be a friend because you don't want to be attracted to your brother you know I used I used this example a while ago on an episode a podcast episode that I did um and I was kind of fussing at guys a little bit because a lot of times guys overuse like especially Christian guys overuse the sister in Christ thing but a lot of times what I believe is happening is guys are just saying like kind of in the back of their head and eh, I'm not ready to settle down but just in case I am she might be a good option so let me kind of 
use this as a, a thing to just make sure she knows that I think she's interesting and I think she's cool, right? It's like almost like a way to friend zone a girl. But for uh, some women in Christian communities and Christian cultures, you hear sister in Christ and you're like, oh, that means there's a possibility. And let's just shut that down for both men and women. Um, this is not me shutting down what it means to be a brother or sister in Christ. Like that's not me shutting that down, but I'm shutting it down with the overuse of the context of siblinghood when really a lot of times subconsciously it's being used as a let me keep you in a close circle in case I decide to marry you at some point. And we just, we are chill, bruh. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm happily married now. Um, my husband knows this story. I mean, I think pretty much anybody that's ever listened to my podcaster that's subscribed to me on YouTube knows the story at this point that one of the most challenging, you know, things that happened to me in my singlehood um, was a guy that I thought, we were dating and then he said something about, you know, me being his sister in Christ. And I just got super uncomfortable because like my, again, this is not me talking about theology. This is not me saying theologically what we should and shouldn't be saying. But what I am saying is that in a romantic context, I don't want to see, like, that's not the first, like, that's not the, like, that, like, like when my husband and I said our vows, it wasn't like for sickness, there's sickness and health, richer, poorer, you're my brother forever. You know what I mean? And so, like I said at the top of this, God can do beautiful, amazing things with any two humans, any one human. Like, I really do believe that. I'm not saying that just to say it. I do just want to encourage anybody out there that's like, yeah, like I'm really, you know, he's like my brother and, and I'm walking alongside him and I am, you know, I'm, I'm helping him grow spiritually and I'm teaching him things then that's your relationship. Like, that's what it is. I said this in my book, Boys, Boys, Boys. And this is a different variation of that. But the world is not going to run out of single men. They're not, it's not going to run out. No, don't get me wrong. I be reading some of y'all stories. And some of these men out here are a hot mess. And I apologize for, what, for the, the, the ones that y'all dealing with. I'm so sorry, baby. I know it's hard. But what I'm saying is that you don't have to try to just grab up just any of them. You don't have to go through your list of the men that you friend zoned and be like, well, let me just, let me just double check real quick. Cause yeah, maybe those are some cool dudes, but maybe you stressing yourself out too, boo. You know what I mean? So it's like a two, two sided thing. Don't be so quick to friend zone someone that you might have interest in, but don't be so quick to, to, to <laughs> unhealthily leave the door open when it doesn't need to be. I'ma close the door, Bruno. I'ma close the door, Bruno. Is it weird to want the single life, but also want a relationship? Like I love being single, but a relationship sounds awesome, but I don't want to stop saying single. <laughs> It's really confusing. This is from Madison. She's 17. Madison, you sound like you have an incredibly beautiful head on your shoulders. You sound like you understand what balance means. And I understand that that could be confusing because you're like, well, wait, do I want to be single or do I want to be in a relationship? That doesn't make any sense, Jamie. Like, no, there's no way that this is giving me any rest or resolve or peace. But I guess what, what I'm saying is that if, if you love where you are, that's a good thing. 
But if you love where you are and you don't want to go anywhere else, well, then that can start to turn into stubbornness. But let's also say if you are so excited for the future that God has planned for you, I mean, that's a great thing, right? But if you're so consumed with it that you're not even soaking in the, the beauty that he has you in right now, then that can turn into anxiousness. You know, that can turn into a rushed mindset. So what you're experiencing is balance. What you're experiencing is learning how to sit in the balance and rest in the balance and be in the balance. Have you ever, I don't know how, how familiar you are with gymnastics. Personally, I'm very familiar with the sport. I am a gymnastics mom. I do attend a mommy and me gymnastics, uh, sorry, a parent and me gymnastics class. Let me not leave my husband out. And uh, we do lots of, well, she does tumbles and uh, the bar. She has a Minnie Mouse leotard. It's not a big deal, but, you know, I am raising the next Simone Biles. And um, it's a pretty remarkable <laughs> life that I live. Um, <laughs> Bella Brave, I love you. So in, in gymnastics, um, Bella's doing the balance beam right now. She's like, that's one of her favorite things. She's learning how to do it. We have a little balance beam in the house. And uh, when she first started, I mean, she would put one foot on it and fall off. And, you know, as she's grown over time, now she can not only do, you know, the walk where it's like heel to toe. Y'all can say I clearly don't remember much from my elementary school gymnastics. And she can not only do her, she's getting kind of warmed up to the concept of like a pivot, which is a fancy gymnastics term for turning around. Um, but there's something called passe. I think that's another thing. Um, she's got her little arms out, but she's also learning how to step over like blocks and stuff or like the cones when they put them on the beam, teaching the kind of like older toddlers how to step over them. What I'm getting at is that balance is not something that you just wake up and you realize you have it and then you're really good at it. <laughs> it takes a lot of practice. And I think Simone Biles set an amazing example for the world when she chose not to compete in the Olympics for a certain event. Oh, I was right. Okay. A certain event. Um, because she was not in a great space in her mental health. Now, I actually, ironically, I don't think that that was the balance beam. Um, but what I'm getting at is that there are times where you might feel off because of other things that go on in life. And so your feeling right now of, I want to stay single, you know, like, I like this. This is fun. <laughs> I've got freedom. I've got joy. I've got independence. I've got confidence. Like, I love my life. That's so good, dude. I'm like genuinely so happy for you. And the fact that you're also saying, but I also don't want to stay single forever. <laughs> That's so good. That's balance. You are a cute, sweet little baby toddler <laughs> at a parent and me gymnastics class. You're 17 and you're entering into adulthood and your parents, your guardians, whoever is there with you, they are starting to step back a little bit and let you go a little bit. And you're wobbly and you're sometimes falling over, falling more into the, oh, I'm tired of being single or falling more into the, oh, I don't want a boyfriend, you know, whatever it is, like you're learning balance and you're going to fall down sometimes. You're going to want to quit sometimes. You're going to take a break sometimes, but um, this is a good thing, dude. Balance is a beautiful thing. And I don't even know you, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> You're killing it. 
Hey y'all, I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you some info about one of my favorite sponsors of the Jamie Grace podcast. Y'all, when quarantine first started, I was not very interested in this whole online counseling thing because it made me really anxious. And as someone that has anxiety, I had to figure something out because a lot of things make me anxious. Eventually, I gave it a try and I have to say that it's been very beneficial for me. So I want you guys, if you need to, to check out Faithful Counseling. Whether you have an anxiety diagnosis or you are dealing with the everyday frustrations of life, I can promise you that you will find it beneficial to talk to a counselor through Faithful Counseling. You can go to faithfulcounseling.com slash Jamie Grace to learn more about the very affordable counseling that they have and the four different ways you can communicate with a clinical therapist. And if you'd like, they can incorporate some faith-based things as well into your counseling. Visit faithfulcounseling.com slash Jamie Grace. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash Jamie Grace. All right, guys, it's time for a five minute speed round. This is where I'm going to run through your Instagram DMs for five minutes. And I'm going to let you guys know what I think about these spicy questions (laughs) that you submitted. Here we go. Advice for a 20 year old who has never dated. How would you begin the process of dating? You either wait for somebody to ask you out or you drop a bunch of hints or you just ask somebody out and you just start dating. You like look at a person you want to date. You'd be like, hey, you seem super cool. Let's hang out. And then if you guys have fun hanging out, then then you just you just keep doing that okay so how do you move on from someone that you really liked and had a lot of good experiences with but it didn't quite feel right um you start like deleting their like number and stuff and like you stop looking at them (laughs) and you stop thinking about them and you stop doing all the stuff that makes you think about them and you fill your brain with a bunch of other positive super cool exciting things and you allow yourself time all right here we go what's my opinion on the talking phase I'm not against it. I just think that it lasts way too long. Um, I don't like that people will basically be dating you, but they could be dating like five other people because basically you're just texting and Snapchatting and FaceTiming randomly, but not long enough. I just, I think it's kind of messy. So I think at some point, you know, a couple of, I don't know, want to give an exact time on it, but in the talking phase at some point, (laughs) someone needs to ask someone on a date and say, hey, I'd like to get to know you better. I want to take you on a date. That is a thing that grownups need to learn how to say, (laughs) especially dudes, but you know. All right. How do I specifically pray for my relationship? We have been talking about marriage as well. Um, Brad, I just think sometimes you don't even have to be specific. I mean, I think it's great to be specific, but you know, I think you just start praying through all the stuff that you know you need to pray for. Just be like, you know, Lord, like help us with our finances help us with our future marriage help us with our family like those kinds of things and then also you know I think through premarital counseling through any type of doing a bible study together Jamie Ivy and her husband Aaron Ivy they just did an awesome book series um, for couples called compliment so I think that those kinds of things will help you kind of guide different things to pray about as well um, is having a really racial preference in dating is it okay? Is it justifiable or even biblical? I have an episode coming up in a few weeks called Racism, Interracial Dating, and Our Family Wedding. So make sure you stay tuned. 
um, short answer is that I don't think there's anything wrong with having a racial preference, but you really have to get to the root of why you have that preference because it could be rooted in something that you need to do some independent work um, way before you pursue a relationship with someone. Up next, do I think it's wrong to date in high school? I mean, I'm, I really have a hard time saying never, like with the whole like, I always try to be like, never say never, because you never know what can happen. The wildest things can always happen, right? Um, is for uh, us and us house, uh, we don't really promote high school dating. I believe that children should be children, minors should be minors, and adults should be adults. And so when you know, you're in high school, I think it's totally normal and natural to have feelings for people, have crushes and that kind of stuff. And I think it's just a great opportunity and a great time to build some great friendships and get to know the kind of people that you do like to spend time around and also build the discipline of just because someone is attractive and available doesn't mean that I have to touch or <laughs> feel whatever. It's like build that discipline when you're young. It'll make your adulthood a lot easier. Um, all right, next one. Is it possible or easy for a pastor who is not married to propose to a church member? Oh, 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 I mean, yeah, I guess it's possible. I don't know. I can't. I don't know if this is the pastor or the church member. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. But like you always have to be careful of like, you know, like power dynamics because that can be super awkward. So I think, you know, hang out in a group setting as long as everybody's a grown-up um let's, let's see how to wait on god and know when he's a guy to try dating i don't i don't know exactly how to tell you oh i ran out of my five minutes i don't know exactly how to tell you how to know that it's the guy to date but i think surrounding yourself with good wise couples and friends and stuff like that you know when you bring a guy around you start to get to know someone you shouldn't base it on what everybody else has to say but I will say that when you get to know someone um, and they're also getting to know your family and your friends kind of as the relationship progresses, it can be really, really helpful um, to kind of gauge, <laughs> you know, how that connection um, is going to be. I mean, prayer is a huge thing, but let's let's not forget that the Lord gives us our wise friends and family for a reason. And I was going to say, we should use them. We shouldn't, we should utilize them. I'm way over my five minutes. <laughs> hey, so real talk. Thank you so much for listening to the Jamie Grace podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out to send me questions at jamiegrace.com slash askjg. And also when I post in my story and I'm like, ask me a question. Thank you guys so much. There are so many more. We're going to do another Ask Jamie Grace Team Single and Dating next month. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If your question didn't get answered, I'll be sure to try to get it next month. But um, yeah, I, I'll be doing more of these for sure. And it's been awesome to connect with you guys. I'm at Jamie Grace on social media. I'll talk to y'all soon. Okay, bye.